Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now, now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast with host A. Trunk. Hey folks, what's up? It's Eddie Trunk and this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, anywhere you get your podcasts, always free. Thank you for listening and checking out the show and uh, we appreciate it very much. Be sure to subscribe as well. And don't miss anything that comes your way each and every week. News making interviews with some of your biggest names in rock on the Eddie Trunk podcast. As I tell you each and every week, every interview you hear on this podcast originated on my Sirius XM radio show, which is called Trunk Nation. You can listen to that Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on Sirius XM 106 volume. It also replays every night, 10 to midnight Eastern, and full shows, audio, video, and more available anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. If you are only listening to this podcast and you can get Sirius XM, meaning you live in the U.S. or Canada, you're getting only a tiny, tiny fraction of what I do on a daily basis on the radio. So hope you come on board and join me soon. You also, uh, also on the Sirius XM side, there is a sixth radio show, which is live on Mondays on Hair Nation. And of course, I've got the terrestrial radio show and a whole lot of other stuff going on. Keep up with everything on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, and EddieTrunk.com is the website. Coming appearances, I will be this coming Saturday in Tulsa. Haven't been there in a while. Hosting Megadeth, Lamb of God, and In Flames at the BOK Center. Hope to see everybody in Tulsa coming up this Saturday night. And this Sunday afternoon, I'll be in Dallas at the Dallas International Guitar Festival. There from noon till 5 p.m. Sunday only. Hosting performances by Frank Hannon, John Five, and Paul Gilbert. And then from there, I get on board Cruise to the Edge. And I will be covering the world of progressive rock for a few days on board the ship, bringing live radio shows from the ship on my daily show on volume. A lot going on. 
Keep up with everything on my social media. Okay, we got two interviews for you this week. We're going to start off with John Five, who I just mentioned, who is always a frequent guest with me, and it's always great to visit and talk with him, and he's a good friend as well. Now, since we did this interview, uh, you're about to hear this interview, and John is talking about a tour with his solo band he's about to kick off. That tour was unfortunately derailed a few days ago when John Five, just at the start of the tour in Vegas, had COVID and had to go back home and shut that tour down. The good news was, uh, or the good news is, I was in touch with John just a couple days ago, and he is back on the road to recovery. Had a pretty bad couple of days, but he told me he's good, he's over the hump, he got some meds in him, and he is about to, at the time you're hearing this podcast, should have resumed that tour and will be good to go to join everybody in Dallas for the guitar event this Sunday. So we'll talk to John about zombie solo stuff, his upcoming documentary. Great stuff, as always, from John Fox. We'll start with him, and then we'll follow with Gus G., who at the time he did this interview was on tour in the U.S., and we talked to Gus about uh, his own records, Firewind, and of course his time with Ozzy Osbourne. Double dip today on the podcast of two guitar greats, Gus G. in a bit, and we start with John Five right now on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm looking at your routing. You know, I'm coming west in like a week and a half to LA, but I'm going to miss you with you know flakes and stuff. But maybe on the back end, when you get east, it looks like I might be able to see you somewhere. So I'm just looking at your schedule. You're starting to run uh, on the 19th, huh? It's a show too. Yeah, really. Um, everything's going really great. Uh, you know, we're starting. Yeah, on the West Coast, we're going to, you know, play everywhere, and shows are selling out, which I'm so happy about. Sellersville is about to sell out, and a uh, bunch of other places, but our, we're, we're going to play in New York at the end of the tour at the at Les Paul's Club, which is so Iridium. Rad. Yeah, Iridium. Yeah. So, and I think uh, Peter's going to come up and, uh, you know come to those shows, which is going to be cool. And, uh, you know, so you got to try to get to that, you know, because it's such a cool historic place, you know, you know, it is, I've been in that place and it's very small. So uh, you yeah. should have people want to go to that should definitely get tickets. It's like a table vibe. Les Paul, as I'm sure, you know, Les did a jam there. I think it was every Monday night and there would be different people that would go. It was just, he did it right up until he died too. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you another little piece of history about that place, John, is I actually shot a TV pilot there uh, of a, of a, basically what I was trying to do, this was after that metal show, but I basically was trying to do, if you remember that show inside the actor studio, of course, the same format, but with a rock artist. So I needed to do, that was a perfect setting to do it. They had cameras in there and I needed somebody that would do me a solid and be a guest for the pilot. And speaking of Kiss, the guy who did it was Ace. Yes. And I remember we did, you telling me about that. It's amazing. Yeah, we were, we were, the show was complete. We shot it. It was like two hours long, obviously edited it down. It would be called Inside Out. And we had a live audience and Ace sat there and I would call out songs and he'd show me the riff or the solo. And we took questions from the audience. It was really good. I don't even know. I've no, I don't even know who has it. Like I, I, 
I still believe there could we could find a home for it, but I honestly don't even know where the demo is for it when we shot it. But it was a few years ago and came out pretty good. I have to look look that up. But I've I've some history in that place as well, and it's a it's a cool little downstairs vibe. So that'll be a good way to kind of go towards the end of your tour. Um, this, of course, for people listening, this is John Five and the Creatures, which is his trio. Um, you've got the the Hoxons. Tell me about the band opening. Yeah, it's uh, Piggy D, uh, who plays bass in Zombie, and he has his band, The Haxons, which is, they're incredible. The singer Ash from New Year's Day, and just a great, great, great band, and we're super excited for them to be on the tour with us. Um, we're just going to have a blast, you know. We, we're playing really cool venues, and like, um, like the Les Paul Club, because we're going to shoot, and we're going to, well record another a another live album because i'm going to do another live album for sinner and the les paul song how high the moon the reason we're playing that i mean i love les paul and we're going to record that song at that venue and uh maybe georgia with peter you know and uh i had one of the greatest nights and one of the worst nights of my life at that place on the Olivium. My father died just um, a couple days before, and I was on tour. And um, Les Paul, they invited me down to their show, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, this is great. You know, I was really sad. But Les was like, come and, you know, uh, you know, Jim Marshall's going to be there and all these people. And so I went to the show. And it was incredible because Les would invite people up from the crowd. And all these musicians were unbelievable, Eddie. I mean, they were like top notch. And Les goes, we got a strange looking fella in the crowd tonight. And I was looking around, <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, you know, and nobody else looks weirder than me in here. And I was like, please don't, please not tonight. You know, I was just not in the right headspace, and, you know. And so they invited me up and Eddie, I'm telling you, I, I don't know what happened. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. It just was, I mean, and Les was less said, I play with a lot of guitar players, but son, you impressed me. And I was, I like broke out into tears. I like, I, I was so much emotion. I couldn't believe it. And it was incredible. So, yeah, so that's why, you know, I just have such a love for that place. Did you ever get to spend beyond that? That's an amazing experience with Les Paul, obviously. But did you ever get to, did you actually really ever talk to him for any extended period of time or no? Yes, I would actually talk to him on the phone after that. Oh, wow. Because he lived here in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool, you know, and I would just sit and talk to him on the phone and stuff. And it was really neat, you know, it was really cool. It was just two dudes just talking. You know, and that's what was so special. And he, uh, I don't know if you picked up on this in your conversations with him, but I interviewed him once for TV and he had a hell of a sense of humor right up to the very end. He was funny. He, uh, he said to John, he said to me this, I'll never forget this story. Talking about Iridium and talking about people coming to there and all these people that would come up and jam with them or sing with them. Cause Les Paul did the, a night, a weekly gig at this club 
right like right up until he died. Like Les was, yeah. I think he was in his nineties when he died, but he was still right. He was still sharp, and he. Uh, I did an interview with him. There was a record that came out of a bunch of people that did a tribute to him or something. And this would have been around 2005. It was before I started that metal show. I was doing three, four years on VH1 Classic as a host, and they would just throw all kinds of artists at me to sit and interview with. And one time I had Les. And Les was the only time where I asked for my for something to be signed because it was Les Paul. I mean, without Les Paul, we might not even have what we have as far as recording and guitars and music. I mean, for people that don't know... Les Paul multi-track recording, what he pioneered is just groundbreaking. So I'm going over all this stuff with Les and we're talking about the record and we're talking about Iridium and him doing this weekly spot there. And I said to him, uh, I said, Les, you've got all these different people that come to see you on Mondays or Tuesdays, whatever the night was. I said, who was the, the strangest one that you jammed with? And he says, this was all on camera. It's, it, this aired. He said to me, he goes, uh, you know what, Eddie? He goes, Dr. Ruth. Oh and I God. said, Dr. Ruth, you mean the sex therapist? And he said, yeah. And I said, what was that like? And he goes, well, she sang. He goes, but you know, the thing that, that surprised me the most about her was when I shook her hand. And I said, well, what, what was, you know, what what was interesting about that he said she has this is all on tv she goes she has the tiniest hands she has these tiny hands and these tiny fingers like a little doll and i said oh yeah she goes oh she goes she's so tiny and she's and i go oh okay he goes to me he goes eddie he goes i like girls with tiny hands and i said why is that less and he goes because it makes my pecker look bigger. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I almost she died. Was, this is you, on TV. Like Don Rickles. Yes. Was like Don Rickles. Like this old, little old guy is like, because he, he was a, he was small in stature as well. He's like, yeah, I like, I like to be with girls with long, ha- small hands because I feel it's going to make my pecker look bigger. <laughs> Oh my like, God. Like, just not what you'd expect from West Paul, but he just left and I laughed and it was just great. So he had oh. just a great uh, spirit about him and was a funny guy. And, uh, and obviously, like I said, a pioneer. You can't overstate his contributions. It's crazy. He was a real genius. And uh, he just, you know, he changed everything for us. And we still use his every single day, which is yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So John five and the creatures, you can go to the website, John dash five.com. See where the dates are relevant to where you are listening. It starts in Redding, California, April 19th. And as John said, wraps up in New York city. And there's a bunch of stops, obviously along the way, the Haxons as the special guests, I got to ask you if, I don't know how much you can say about this yet, but you've sent me in advance of it. I've had a chance to uh, see it. I'm honored to have contributed to it. Uh, you've got a documentary coming out that is fantastic. When are people going to be able to see that? We are. I mean, <laughs> the documentary is super cool. And thank you for being a part of it. Also, who's a part of it is Rob Halford, um, Gary from Skinnerd, uh, yep. Rob Zombie, of course, Peter Chris, Katie Lang, 
Rudy Sarzo, Michael Anthony, uh, Nikki's going to be a part of it, Nikki Six. Uh, so we're just going to, we're going to film some more stuff, a couple more interviews, and then hopefully it'll be out at the beginning of next year. So uh, it's, you know, thank you again for doing it. And it's about like inspiration and going after your dreams and, you know, uh, just going for it, you know, and cause a lot of, there's a, so many great musicians, Eddie, that are in their house or in their apartment that are afraid to leave the nest. And, you know, it makes sense, but you have to go after your dreams. You have one life. And, um, you know, cause there's, I mean, there's, amazing musicians, amazing songwriters and singers out there that, um, you know, it's tough though. It's tough to leave your, 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 your home, your family and everything, you know, to go after your dreams, but hopefully some people will watch us and get a little inspired. Well, it was, you know, and as well as I know you and as for as long as we've been friends, there were things in there that I discovered that I didn't even know about. Like, I, I always knew about all the people you've written songs with and what have you, but I did not, I did not know when Rudy Sarzo came up in the doc, I had I did not know that you had once had a band with Rudy Sarzo early on in your career. Like there were things I learned about in this thing. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, <laughs> I was playing at Gazzari's and when it was called Gazzari's and Rudy was in white snake at the time. And he was like, I want to put a band together. And this promoter in Hollywood said, oh, you have to come see this guitar player, John Lowry. And he goes, okay, I'll come and see it. And we were playing at Gazzari's and there was like nobody there except for Rudy Sarzo and his wife and a couple waitresses. And I'm not exaggerating. So I'm like, oh my God, Rudy Sarzo's here. You know, it's like, we were all freaking out. And we were like, okay. So we go out there and uh, the singer hits his head because you walk down these stairs when you play Gazzari's and he hit his head and all this blood is coming down his face, you know, all this blood. And the singer just looks at his hand and he's bleeding and goes, guitar solo. And I just rip into a guitar solo. <laughs> and Rudy thought this was all part of the show. He was like, this is the greatest show ever. And uh, so after that, you know, he took me out to... Um, a breakfast at Denny's, you know, at like two thirty in the morning. And yeah, we started working on a band and, uh, it was, it was incredible. I mean, I met so many people and Rudy is like one of the main people that I to, you know, he introduced me to so many people and just, you know, gave me my shot. Really. Just a super kind, generous guy, always has been. Rudy's just one of the best, and I just had no idea that you had a, an early band with him. The band you did with him early on, you, did you ever record anything? We went into the studio, and um, but he was so busy with Whitesnake. This is when Whitesnake was like just like killing, you know, and he just didn't have time to do it. But I'm, you know, and he wanted to do it so bad. We have promo pictures and all this stuff and. Um, I don't know if we even did any shows, but we did a lot of writing, a lot of rehearsals and things like that. I'll send you some of the pictures. They're really, they're really cool. You know, and he's just the best dude ever. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, we'll talk more about this documentary, of course, when people can see it. I mean, you're, I was lucky enough to see it very early, but when you, it's ready to be released, we'll, do, we'll certainly do something on it. But there was one thing in the documentary that you cover, and uh, I thought it was great that you kind of finally set the record straight on this because it's a legendary piece of video, and it's from when you were playing with Manson and he charged you and you dropped your guitar and looked like you guys were going to fight on stage and were yelling at each other. Everybody has seen that video. It's like I said, it's legendary. Everybody's seen it and talked about it, but you actually, for the first time in the documentary, clarify what actually went on there. Can you say it on the air? Or do you want to save it for the doc? Absolutely. No, no, no. I can say it on the air. You know, uh, it's, you know, I haven't really talked about it, but of course, Eddie Trunk, my great pal, I'll do it. But it's, um, what happened was my sister passed away. My sister died unexpectedly. And I was like shocked. I was in Europe and I was coming down the stairs off a of stage and they told me my sister died. And I was in, <clears throat> I was in like a state of shock. You, you just somebody dropped that on you, John. John, just to jump in, somebody dropped that on you as you were taking the stage. Well, I was walking off the stage. Walking off the stage. What was it during a break in the show, or no? After the concert. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, after the concert. So I, um, so I was in like this state of shock. And here's a strange thing that happened to me. I don't know if any of the listeners, or if you, or anybody. But I didn't sleep for days and days and days. It was the strangest thing. I just wasn't tired. And um, I remember going to the band members' rooms going, I, I can't sleep. I just can't sleep. I haven't slept in now two days or blah, blah, blah. So anyways, fast forward to the show. Now, what Manson did, that happened all the time. You know, he didn't do anything wrong. I just snapped. It was weird. I went nuts. I didn't even remember. I just like snapped. And I feel terrible like watching it now because I mean, it really was my fault. And what you can't really hear what he's saying, obviously, but he's saying, pick up your guitar because it looks like he's going, come on, come on. But he's saying, pick up your guitar, pick up your guitar. Because he knew what was going on, you know, and I, I just, I feel horrible about it, but, um, you know, it was just a bad situation at that time. So where everybody who watches that video has always assumed he was fucking with you and that it was him, him trying to fight you uh, in reality, that was him skipping towards you. Like that was something he did all the time on the tour and you were sleep deprived and mourning your, your, uh, the loss of your sister. And you basically just were just had it and threw the guitar down and he was yelling at you to pick it up and continue the show. Right. Yeah. He was actually, you know, it was, it was terrible because he was so nice during that time and all that stuff. And, you know, I just, I was in such a weird place, you know, and I just, um, uh, just it was just a bad time and i just i don't even remember it happening you know and it was just terrible 
Yeah, I mean, that just goes to show you how people can reach these conclusions without knowing the backstory. I found that really interesting in the doc. And and again, when John's doc is out and available to everybody, we'll do a whole show on the doc because there's just so much good stuff in it. And I'm sure if you're still shooting a few more things, it's going to even get more fine-tuned. Uh, the guy you have that does your video stuff, Mike Savage, does killer work. Great, great stuff. Yeah, do, do you think – what have you been in touch with Roth at all, David Lee Roth? Um, I have. I have. And, you know, I think that might be another interview we're going to get. So it's um, uh, Mike Anthony's in there and uh, I think we're going to get Roth. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a cool documentary. And again, it's about inspiration, like going after your dreams and doing it, you know, because, listen, I could have been home. You know, I could have, I, 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 I'm worried every day that I'm going to wake up and go, whoa, I had this crazy dream. I was this, you know, famous guitar player and I knew all these, all my heroes and I played all these shows around the world and I was married, you know, a hot wife and I did, you know, I have this great life and, you know, I just am worried I'm going to wake up one morning and just be like, hey, what's up, dudes? you know, check out this crazy dream I had. Because I, I appreciate everything that's happened to me. Like, like you have no idea. Like, every time I walk on stage or doing an interview with you or anything, you know, I'm just so appreciative. Do you do you think that um, Roth is done as far as playing? And did you guys talk about uh, the record you made? I know a couple songs came out, but about that actually ever fully coming out? I don't know. Um, uh, there's one song that I really want him to release. And it's called Nothing Could Have Stopped Us. And it's about Van Halen. And it's kind of like damn good, you know, it's, it's, uh, but man, is it good. And if, if he's going to release anything, I just pray that he's going to release that song. Because when I still hear that song, it, you know, now that Eddie's gone, I mean, it just brings tears to my eyes. It's just incredible. This guy, you know, Dave's an incredible writer and, uh, you know, he's, I don't, I don't think he's done. I don't know. I hope he's not. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, he made some allegations. He made some, uh, he alluded to, and I don't know him at all, but he made, he alluded to when he was, before he pulled the residency, he alluded to the fact that it was something medically related. And I had heard some interviews. He did an interview with Joe Rogan, where he talked about how bad his back was and how many issues he has with his back and physically pain like that. So, and, and he made some comment about every time I go on stage, my doctor, uh, you know, cringes because it's not good for me. So I'm just putting two, two and two together that I imagine he's probably dealing with some sort of back and neck pain from all the stuff he's done over the years. And if they can get a handle on that, maybe we'll see him make that residency up. Yeah, I'm not sure. I hope um, because he's David Lee Roth, right? Yeah. And, you know, you'd love to hear him do those songs. You know, interestingly, speaking of Michael Anthony, I saw Sammy at his residency in Vegas a few weeks ago, and I'm sure you heard this, but Sammy, in addition to doing Hagar Van Halen, he did Running With The Devil, and he leaves the stage and Michael Anthony sings the lead vocal on it. It was killer. Michael is, <laughs> it's it's incredible because he did that when we were backstage at the Whiskey. We were, you know, I always have a little lamp and we were playing and he was singing. He sang every song perfect. I was like, oh my God, what is going on here? This guy is incredible. You know, just playing bass and singing those songs, you know, perfectly. I was like, 
what is are people hearing what I'm hearing right now? This is like, and we were just backstage, and he, I mean, he kills it. He's a great singer, and of course, an amazing bass player. Hey, before I let you go, of course, I got to ask you about Zombie, who you also play with, and you got a big run of dates coming up with Rob, uh, the freak. <laughs> I love the t- of the title of the tour, Freaks on Parade. Uh, starts yeah. July 20th in Missouri, Mudvayne, Static X, and Power Man 5000. Power Man 5000, Rob's brother, is is still in, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's that's what I thought. Killer. Tickets are going like nuts, and uh, I'm super excited. I mean, there's nothing better than being on tour in the summertime. It's like heavy metal summer camp. I love it, man. It's it's one of my favorite things, you know, and uh, we're going to be actually in your neck of the woods on my birthday. Which neck, west or east, in Jersey? Uh, east, yeah. yeah. So July 31st. You have two necks now. I have two necks, <laughs> exactly. I have three <laughs> chins and two necks. <laughs> so, July. yeah, we're going to be in Jersey on July 31st. And I'm looking at the routing, PNC, where Peter Chris has come out many times to see you there because he lives right by there. Yeah, he lives right by there. So, you know, we'll probably see him there, too, at the Iridium and uh, PNC. So it's going to be great. you got to come, man. Come on now. Yeah, if I'm home, I'm going to come for sure. And the, and the other neck is Vegas where you have a date there August 13th. So you've got both you're touring in both, both of my necks. <laughs> I, I think I have to change. I have to check with you before we route a tour, make sure <laughs> we're good. You're covered. <laughs> you got both necks covered on this routing for zombie. Uh, of course you go to robzombie.com or you can link to it off of John's website as well. Uh, and I cannot let you go without asking you about the latest uh, kiss items that you may have collected the Knights and Satan service uh, Instagram. Is it still active? Are you still, I I thought I saw some stuff, but are you putting as much stuff up there as you used to or no? Ed, every day. See, I don't go to Instagram as much as I do Twitter. I have to look more. We're coming up. We're in January 1st. It will be five years of not missing one day. Five years. For five years, you have put an item from your Kiss collection. Every day, you've put it up on your Instagram account to pay tribute to it, Knights and Satan Service. Yes. And I have a quick, quick, quick... Uh, it's kind of not really a stump the trunk, but it's... Oh, wait, a, I'm looking... A, hold on, hold on. I'm looking at it right now. Here here it is. Okay. You've got uh, some some... Some blue label version of Kiss Alive. I'm looking at what you yeah, posted yeah. most recently, which Sebastian yeah. Bach must just drool when he looks at this. Um, yeah, he goes crazy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got to go crazy. Fantastic. I'm looking through it right now. You Oh, you've got I really cool it. ads up here. You've got all kinds of stuff. All right, I see. I'm catching up now. So I have a, okay, I have a really, it's, it's a very strange uh, fact, if you will, uh, a Kiss you know, uh, fact on the destroyer tour, I guess it's like a stump, the trunk. Okay. On the destroyer tour, they did not play a certain big hit on the destroyer tour. What was that song that they did not play until the rock and roll over tour? 
by the way, I'm looking at like one of your posts, like six different <laughs> versions of dress to kill. You're out of your mind. <laughs> all right what what song did what big hit did they not play on the destroyer tour that they didn't start doing till the following tour i'm gonna take a shot and say beth yes is that wild yeah well but not really because i think that that came later in the arc of the because of course we all know the story of Beth. It was a B side. It wasn't intended to be a, a hit single. It became one, and then I'm sure they were probably trying to figure out, okay, how the hell do we do this live with an orchestra? Like that was going to take exactly. some preparing, right? Exactly. You can't stump the trunk on Kiss. <laughs> you probably can, but I will admit it's tough on that one. But if you think it, about that challenge. Tough. What do you do? You've got this, you know, bombastic fire and brimstone heavy rock band, and then out of nowhere, a huge hit with the drummer singing. That's all orchestrated. It was going to take them a year to figure out how the hell to do it, and then when it became such a big song, they figured we got to do this. Which of course was, you know, them coming out to a recorded track and Peter just doing the live vocal, which is how it was for years. But that kind of makes sense. Yeah, um, that actually. Um, really quick, somebody was selling a road case and they found the original reel to reel of oh. the instrumental of Beth. Wow. And you know, when they do that, even I believe to this day, if they still do it, they clip, they clip it. It's really only like two minutes long because they clip out that extended orchestra orchestra piece because at the time they didn't want Peter just sitting out there with nothing to do because there's that or yeah. that extended piece with no vocal you know if we were kids at like like we would get along so well cuz you know all the facts about kiss you're absolutely right on that yeah and so it's probably like two it was probably like 2 minutes long in in total Anyway, yeah, buddy, right. we could talk forever. Uh, you're always welcome. You know that. Anything that you want to hit that I didn't hit already that you want to mention? No, thank you. That's it. And thank you so much. Love the show. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see you on the road. You know, you got two necks. So hopefully we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll catch up on the road. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, thanks to John Five. As I mentioned, we have another great guitar player on the podcast for you this week. It's former Aussie guitarist Gus G. Checked into the radio show when he was on tour with his band Firewind. We talked about them. We talked Aussie. We talked solo stuff. Here he is, Gus G., on this week's podcast. How are you, buddy? Hey, Eddie. What's happening? How are you, man? What are you on the road, right? You're here in the U.S. playing with Dragon Force, right? Yeah, man. We're back. We're in St. Louis today. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm really, really, really good to talk to you and catch up. Yeah. Last time. Well, of course, last time I saw you, 
think you were playing at the House of Blues. I might have been around Nam a couple years ago. You were in that side room at House of Blues, and I watched you doing your solo thing. That was a lot of fun. I think was that the last time you toured in the U.S. That was it. Yeah, that wasn't even a tour. That was just like you know a Nam show, basically. Um, that was yeah. That was basically the last thing I did since. The pandemic, I mean, yeah, January 2020, and then everything got shut down, and uh, yeah. And, of course, you put out a record, Gus, a, a record, Quantum Leap, last year, which um, I got to tell you, man, I think it's really cool. I mean, what I love about your playing is the the melody you put into the stuff you do, and there's a lot of that on the record. Uh, the record you did last year, your most recent solo record, was that a byproduct of the pandemic? It was, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, by April 2020, I realized that okay, we're gonna be stuck here at home for at least a year. So, in the beginning, honestly, like most people, I felt inspired. You know, everybody enjoyed their time at home. I mean, at least a, a lot of the people that I talked to, they, they kind of enjoyed that kind of lockdown, the first one. So, I got to write a bunch of stuff, and I, 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 I decided to do a full instrumental guitar record, which I had. You know, I never really got around to doing it. I had scattered instrumental tracks here and there on my records, but never like a full-on thing. And and yeah, like like you said, it's a it's a byproduct of the pandemic. The first lockdown, basically, sat there in my home studio, did it all, wrote it, recorded, and then you know, last year we put it out. What uh, what are you as a guitar player doing an all instrumental records? Um, I think it's challenging for people who aren't guitar players like myself to keep interest in that. But what you did with this record, you, you made things very concise and the vocal melody is almost what you're playing on the guitar on some of the songs. Is that intentional? Is that what you were kind of reaching for? In, in the way, yes, yes. You, yeah. Spot on. Basically I, uh, to me, because, and I'm a, I'm a guitar player and I enjoy all the technical and all the weird stuff, but it's, it's, and even to my ears, it can get tiring after a while. So when I listen to, to music, to instrumental music, I wanted to to have that kind of song songwriting orient, orientation kind of thing. Uh, so I, I like the, the, the lead instrument to, to be able to to take the role of the vocals. Uh, and that way, you know, you need strong melodies. As if a singer would need a good melody, a good chorus melody, you know, so... Uh, because it's it's easy with instrumental music, you can just do whatever. So it's easy to get lost into that world of changing keys, tempos, playing all kinds of things, and um, and sometimes you can you can easily forget about the song. And you know, I'll tell you what, I did a lot of I I went back and listened to a lot of my uh, favorite Joe Satriani records <laughs> for inspiration to make this record. You know, and, and to me, like Joe is like that kind of guy who's he can make music. You know, you don't really miss the vocals. The guitar does all the talking, which is great. Yeah, well, I've said this before, and Joe's been on with me recently, and so has Steve Vai, and actually we're going to do something with Joe and Vai and Eric Johnson, the original G3 tour. Uh, we're going to do, we're reuniting all of them. I'm doing a special with them oh, wow. on Monday, actually. But I thought about this. It's very rare for for instrumental guitar records to break through and have success. And if you really think about it, Satriani is the only guy that really had actual hit songs doing that early in his career. That's a pretty rare thing to be able to do. And I think a reason for it is there, there's melody around all the guitar fireworks. And I think that's what kept people who aren't so into, you know, the, the technical aspects of guitar interested. 
Yes, yes, it's a melody. I mean, a melody is king in everything you do. I mean, that, that's how you, you uh, th- that's what you need in order to resonate with, with an audience and uh, with, a, with a broader audience. And, uh, I, and to me, it's a, I feel the same way. Like, I can't listen to, and I, I told you, like, as a guitar player, I can't listen to something for more than 10 minutes if it's just tech, technical stuff and too much into prog and all that stuff. I, I just can't, I can't stand it. I, I need to have melodies and, uh, and that's why I love, you know, Joe's records and, and that stuff. And, and I thought, I felt that this is the way to go for my record too. I mean, sure, there's a lot of guitar all over the place and different, uh, I'm exploring different avenues here and there. But, but um, yeah, but I'm treating a, a verse like a verse and a chorus like a chorus is like a, what would a singer do? You know, we need a strong hook here. And uh, and uh, I'm, I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad to hear that uh, you enjoyed it, you know, being a music fan and not a guitar player. So this means that uh, <laughs> I did something right. Yeah, no doubt. Now, Gus, when you said lockdown at home during the pandemic, do you still live in Greece? I do, yeah. yeah. How were things there during the whole lockdown and everything? How did you guys do in that country? Originally, uh, like the cases, the COVID cases were really low in Greece, and then all of a sudden it started rising, you know, and um, it, we had some pretty strict measures for, for many months, and people got really tired. And then because Greece is such a tourist country, everything opened up again for the summer so that, you know, the tourists can come in and people can work and all that. And then after September, again, everybody's like, oh, cases are going up. So, you know, another lockdown. So it's been two very tiring and boring years, honestly. Um, but now, hopefully, we're, we're reaching the end of it. And, and, you know, I was like at the Monsters of Rock Cruise last month, and I was like, it feels like America is like a totally different world from the rest of Europe. Uh, like I came here and like everybody was really excited and like the, 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 the restrictions are like being limited more and more. And, uh, and yeah, people seem to, you know, things seem to be back in business here, uh, which was nice to see, you know what I mean? I'm not saying the pandemic has gone away, you know, COVID will still be there for a few years to come, but, but people are going back to it. And, uh, I mean, yeah, things, things happening. That's the important thing. You know, I, I completely is, forgot yeah. you were on the cruise. I've completely forgot you were on the cruise because there's, as you know, the ship is so big and there's so many bands on that cruise that you can literally go the whole cruise. And it happens all the time where I don't see anybody. Like I know Tommy yeah. Hendrickson from uh, Alice Cooper's band was looking for me the whole time we were supposed to get together, missed him the whole time. So <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it's a great time, but it's a lot of people and it's a lot of bands and it's very difficult. It's very easy. To, to completely miss people for a whole week on that thing absolutely yeah and this ship like because the last one i was on it was like a 2016 and that was a smaller ship but this one was like a the, the big one the royal caribbean and like you're right i i did miss a lot of buddies that i wanted to catch up with and stuff like yeah i'll see you i'll see you and then you never see anybody <laughs> right and then you don't know who has internet that gets text and who doesn't so you're texting <laughs> people but you don't know if they're ever getting them and then when you get off the ship they're like i just got six texts from you i didn't get the internet so you never really know right <laughs> right right, right. But it was a fun cruise, man. It was fun. I got to see a lot of gigs. Yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, it was great that that came back. Hey, I got to ask you something real quick about Greece. So I've never been there. but And this kind of ties in a little bit with your solo record because you've got Vinnie Moore guesting on the solo record, right? Yes, yes, on one song. And I love Vinny, and I love his playing as well. And I love UFO that Vinny has played in for like 15 years now. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but the final ever UFO show is going to be later on this year in Greece. I think it's I in Athens. That, yes. It's in Athens. Yes. Do you- I don't live in Athens. I live in Thessaloniki, which is like uh, 
far up in the north in the mainland. But it's kind of it was it was shocking to to, to see that why, why is UFO playing their last show I don't know. ever in Greece <laughs> and but you know what their first show ever with Vinny was also in Greece and I was at that show it was in 2003 I want to say or 2002 maybe and uh, that was his debut with UFO and I went to that gig um, and I don't know maybe they just want to come full circle and uh, end it in Greece with that lineup where it started it could be one of the reasons uh- I think it's just the fact that that's what the dates they had left, and that's kind of just how it ends. I mean, you would think UFO ends in in London, right? But they're they're yeah they they're just they're going to end in Greece. So I may yeah. have to come over. I'm contemplating coming over for the first time ever because I love UFO so much. I want to see them one last over. time. So if you can if you can make it, come over and then you know stay a little bit, see a little bit of the country, and and uh, we'll hang out for sure. I'll show you around. You, <laughs> you know that venue that they're playing? Do you know where that sh- that venue is? You've ever been there? I yes, uh, I think we've played there with Firewind. It's uh, it, it must be the Fuzz Club, I, I, I believe. Yes, um, yes. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's 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 a nice club, a big one, big venue. Yeah, it's good. It'll be good, a nice good. show without a doubt. Now, you mentioned Firewind, which is the band you're on tour right now in the U.S. with. Again, you're uh, supporting Dragon Force. And for folks listening, if you are in uh, St. Louis, you're playing St. Louis tonight, if my schedule is correct. Tonight. The tour just started. Right. How's it been going so far? Oh, it's been great, man. We just played in Denver, the first show. And then last night we were in uh, Lawrence, Kansas. And believe me, in all my touring years, I don't think I've ever been to Kansas. It's just just not happening. It was great there. And uh, it was, you know what, here's another thing because of the pandemic, speaking of that, like I, you know, it was a limited, like it was, it was like a last minute thing. Like me and Herman Lee, the guitarist of Dragon Force, we go way back. We've been buddies for like 20 years and we toured with the Dragon Force guys like 15 years ago. And he's like, well, dude, the, the, the special guest canceled. Like, can you guys get on it? And like, dude, I have like a month and a half. I, I don't know. We have to get visas. And, we rushed to get our visas as quick as possible. And it's a process, you know, to get American visas. And, you know, we made it like literally the day before we got on the, on the plane to, 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 to fly out here, we got our visas and now we're here and it's been great couple of shows. And, um, it's a long tour, man. It's like five weeks. We've got 28 shows ahead and, um, really looking forward to it. We're really excited. Yeah, you run through April 23rd. Um, you got to stop in Vegas on the 20th. I see I've got a second home there now. So if I'm, I'm in town, I'll try to come see you there at House of Blues, which is a great venue there. You're in New York on April 3rd, Irving Plaza, uh, Worcester, yes. Mass. A lot of, lot of shows here. You can go to the band's uh, websites and, and check it out. So tell me, for those that don't know, I mean, Firewind has been going now for 20 years. That was the band that you were doing when Ozzy found you in pulled you for his band. And uh, so is it the type of thing for you with Firewind that you, you always have, and you will go back to and use different versions. I know you've got a vocalist uh, in the band now, Herbie Langens. Uh, Tell me about where Firewind is at now in terms of for you and your commitment and priority. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Firewind is uh, like you said, you know, that's where, Ozzy found me when I'm that, that's what I was doing that's that was my band since I was a kid and uh, this year we're celebrating like 20 years you know it's been the, the it's the anniversary of the debut album which is insane to think that you know we've been making records for 20 years um and uh you know we've had a we've been on a 
small hiatus at some point, and then we come, came back. We, you know, we've had, like I said, several lineups. For the past two years, we've had Herbie Langens uh, in the lineup. He's a great singer from Germany. He's also uh, a part of uh, Avantasia. I don't know if you've heard of that band. It's like a, it's a, yeah, sure. It's a huge, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a huge band, like a, almost like a rock opera with many great singers involved, and you know, like guys like Eric, Mar- Eric Martin and Jeff Tate and people like that involved, and and Herbie's part of that. And now, you know, he's with us. We made the last record he sings on the last record, which is a self-titled album, came out uh, May 2020. But, you know, everything was canceled. We were supposed to come out here back then with uh, Symphony X, but the tour got canceled as everything else. So now we finally have a chance to to go back out and, and play and play that new material and also celebrate the past 20 years. Um and that's it, you know, Firewind will always be my band. I will always go back to that. I will always make records, you know. Um, it's uh, And and it's, honestly, I really don't know why it took us, like, this is like the first tour we're doing in, in the States in nine years. I'm not sure why. I think I got caught up with a lot of the solo tours in between and uh, kind of forgot about Firewind sometimes there to, to tour and to bring over to the States. But we plan to do a lot more here now. Well, as I mentioned, the tour is running through... April 23rd, it's just started. Uh, you're, you're jumping up to Canada as well for a couple shows. So for folks uh, listening around the country, check out uh, the website. Or where's the best place to go for everybody to, to look? Is it a Firewind site? Is it your own site, Gus? Where, where should people go to look for the yeah, dates? Either, either our website, uh, you know, fire, firewind.gr, or on our Facebook, you know, or our social media. All the stuff is on there, all the links, you know, our Bands in Town page, like – or even on Dragon Force's website, you know, and you, you'll find the dates out there. So, yeah, if you just Google Dragon Force or Firewind, you'll see the dates. And, uh, yeah, we're playing a lot of major markets, like you said, and all over the country, East Coast, West Coast. So, yeah. And, Gus, you know, you met, obviously, you know, the your your history with Ozzy was pretty brief. You did the one record, Scream. Looking back on that whole period, obviously amazing to be in – Ozzy's band and to have made a record with them and all of that. But in some ways, do you feel like it was, uh, you know, a little too brief? Do you wish that you could have done more and had more time in there? Of course, it would have been nice to do a lot more, you know? Uh, I mean, it's, if you think about it, I was in the band for six or seven years and we kind of like did a record and, and, uh, and a world tour, but then it was like, in, like there was a Sabbath farewell reunion in between and then we would we would do like scatter shows here and there. So, you know, I, I thought after the screen record, we would basically do a, a tour and then go back and do another record. But then the Sabbath reunion was there. Um, but I, you know, that's one way to look at it. But I, I, I'm the kind of guy who tends to really think of what happened and not what didn't happen. Do you know what I mean? Um, it was just incredible to be a part of that organization part of that of that band and and do that what we did and um sure it would have been nice to do another record and get to write some stuff with him you know we had a couple of things that we were, were working on the road actually we even wrote a couple of songs but they never came to to life basically so it is what it is you know well it's great that you at least i didn't realize you were in there that long and that the sabbath thing took up some of that time but you know i was talking the other day because there's a there's two guitar players that i feel don't uh get maybe get a little overlooked for their time in ozzy yourself and joe holmes who never made a record with ozzy but actually toured with them for like seven eight years and i thought he was phenomenal as well so at least you got to do the scream record 
Um, when, when you look back on that record now that some time has passed, what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, um, I think it's a it's, it's a, still a great record. There's some great moments on there. I mean, I still love a lot of the material. Um, you know, let me hear you scream. That was that was the the big song off of that album, and uh, it's a great song. There's some really there's there's some material that I really love. You know, the ballad time or life won't wait. There's some really good stuff in there. You know, it's um, you know it's it's kind of hard for for guys like Ozzy that are so legendary and have such an amazing body of work. You know, for their newer stuff to kind of like get that, they don't get noticed as much as their classics, which is it's it's only natural. Right. You know, they have yeah. such uh, such iconic songs. But if you dig through their discography, you'll find great songs all over the place. And um, I think that really, you know, it's, it's, it, it happens in Ozzy's case, for sure. Any, any record of his, you know, even the most overlooked record of his that you pick up, there's great songs in there all over. Do you still talk to him at all? Do you, have you heard from him at all? I know he's been dealing with some health issues, but are you still in any contact with him? I, I not with him directly. I you know every now and then there'll, there'll be like the the, the audio email to uh, to Sharon uh, just you know hi how everybody's doing and all that stuff. So you know we're we're in good terms. And uh, the last I heard was that you know he was going to be doing an, another um, he was going to be having another surgery maybe this year and um, that he's he's uh, healing you know from from the accident that he had and uh, he hopes to be back on stage. Um, and I really hope that he can he can come back and do his farewell d- dates that. I think he's postponed like three times by now. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's going to be challenging, but we'll see. Uh, last thing on Ozzy, and then I'll let you go. I wanted to. I was always curious about this. You mentioned the catalog that he had as a guitar player. What was your favorite stuff that you had uh, of the of the catalog to play? Whether it was the Randy stuff or the Zach stuff or the Jake stuff. What What were the songs that you played live with him that you most look forward to digging into as a player that you didn't play on originally? Oh man, you know I'll I'll use a quote from uh, from Mike Borden who was in Ozzy's band uh, for many years and of course of Faith No More. He because I got to do a couple of gigs with Mike Borden before Tommy came in, and 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 Mike said, "You get up there, man," he said, "and you're literally like playing the Bible of heavy metal." So it's like <laughs> like all the songs are just incredible, um, and and but you know I I love always the the opening of the set. We opened with Bark at the Moon. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. Of course, the Randy stuff, you know, uh, Mr. Crowley is one of my favorites. Um, I'm glad we got to do some stuff off uh, Ultimate Sin that he hadn't done, like, in years, like, you know, Killer of Giants, things like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Those were some of the special moments for me that I really enjoyed throughout the set. Yeah, those are some great ones for sure. And uh, last thing I wanted to uh, mention to you, I noticed as far as gear is concerned, you came out with your own line of pickups recently? I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years ago. You know, it's like a side hustle, you know. <laughs> uh, it's called Blackfire Pickups. And, um, you know, just like many things, you know, it came out of necessity. I just wanted to do more versions of pickups and stuff like that for my guitars. And um, I said, you know what? I'm just going to go to to a factory and then ask them to make me some prototypes and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see what happens. And um, I put them on my new guitars, my Jackson guitars. And then uh, next thing you know, like um, some of my friends are, the guitar players are using it. And um, it's, it's, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a side hustle. It's a small company, but uh, um, we're getting really good feedback so far. And uh, I'm always, I'm always like uh, trying to improve my tone, you know? So I guess every musician is trying for that. 
Yeah, and look, you never know where that goes. I mean, the, Eddie Van Halen built an empire on it, and now Zach is doing a lot with that. Zach is doing a ton with amps and guitars and wild audio and all yeah. that stuff he's doing. So there's definitely if you can get you can get some traction with that. There's definitely uh, some big business there to do. Yes, a lot of guitar players nowadays are. It's it's not a taboo so much like if you to to do your own company and do your own thing and uh, and uh, yeah, you see a lot more guitar players like branching out and doing it. Like I said, Zach has wild audio and, you know, guys like Tosin Abbasi does his own guitars and, you know, uh, all England has solar guitar. So it's like, it's a thing that, you know, you can, if you, cre- if you can create a, a, a good product, and I think that's where, that's what it's about, you know, having that quality in the product. And then, you know, if you're a guy who has a name, then it's, uh, you never know what happens. And, uh, but most important is that you have what you use, you, you, you believe in the gear that you use. It's, uh, I mean, I've, I've always done like that, you know, even with endorsements and stuff. It's not like somebody just hands you a guitar, like, oh, pose for it, and then ah, I'm using this, but you're not really using that. It's important that you really, you know, believe in what you're using, the gear that you have up there on stage, and that really is part of your sound. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, man, it's great to uh, visit with you for a few minutes, and uh, good, good you got a lot of stuff going on. Once you wrap up this tour, what's going to happen after that? You're going to go out and do more solo stuff, or what's the plan when you, uh, when you wrap up with the, this run you're on? Um, well, we, uh, we're going to go back. Well, we, originally we had a European tour in May, but that got canceled. Uh, so, like I was telling you, like, <laughs> Europe is like almost the exact opposite of the States right now. But we have a few yeah. summer festivals over in Europe. We're going to do some stuff in July and, and August. Uh, it, it's going to be a combination of solo shows and firewind shows, depending on the territory and the country. Um, and then we're looking at some more things uh, in the fall, maybe maybe, South, maybe go to South America. And I think we're going to be back in the States early next year again. So we're working on that. Very cool. Well, people are listening. If you're in the St. Louis area, you can see Dragon Force, Firewind, Visions of Atlantis, and Seven Spires. Uh, that's the full tour. That's the bill uh, tonight at Red Flag, tomorrow in Milwaukee at Rave, uh, and then on the 25th, Minneapolis, uh, 26th, Chicago, playing pretty much every night, pounding it out. So safe travels out there, man. Good luck to you, and uh, hopefully I'll catch you at a show somewhere soon. Thank you very much for having me, Eddie. Great to catch up. And, yeah, hopefully see you soon. All right. Take care, Gus. You too, buddy. Bye-bye. Always great to talk to Gus. Also, thanks earlier uh, for John 5 checking in. And, again, John is back and recovered from COVID and getting ready to resume his tour if he hasn't already. So that's good news. That's a development that happened since I recorded that interview, or I should say had John on live a couple weeks ago on the radio show. All right, thank you for listening to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Appreciate it. Don't forget, there are new episodes every Thursday. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss one. Uh, Follow on social media at Eddie Trunk. Thanks to Joel Pollack for producing. And I will catch you guys next Thursday and hopefully see you on the road. If you're in Tulsa on Saturday, if you're in Dallas on Sunday, if you're going on cruise to the edge, I'll see you out there. Have yourselves a good week, everybody. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.
Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.